This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are speaking about the idea that there is nothing but perfection in the present. If you've listened to any of my recent podcast episodes or if you've been following me over on Instagram, then you probably know that this is actually my mantra for 2022, and it has also guided my intention for 2022, which is to find and seek the perfection in the present moment. But I know that this idea can sound quite theoretical and it can sound a little bit wishy-washy and we might not know how to concretely apply it to our lives. It's something that I have actually been concretely applying into my life and speaking about with clients and it's had a huge impact. So that's really what I wanna go through with you today is actually how can we apply this notion concretely into our life with some really straightforward examples. As usual, I would love to know where in the world you are, what your environment looks like as you listen to this episode. So take a quick picture, send it to me or tag me over on Instagram at Victoria Sardain. I would love, love, love to feel like I'm right there beside you. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? guys, today we are speaking about this idea that there is nothing but perfection in the present. This is something that I've been brewing over and thinking about a lot over the past few months. I've decided to really have it as my guiding mantra for all of 2022. It's built my intention for 2022, which is to seek and find perfection in the present, is also, of course, rooted in this mantra. And it's really something that I'm constantly working on and constantly catching myself. And I know it can sound very theoretical, which is really why I wanted to do a podcast episode dedicated just to this topic. And I know I've spoken about it and touched on it briefly in previous episodes, but I feel like I didn't maybe give a concrete enough look into what this actually looks like and how we can apply it concretely into our lives. So I really hope that this is the kind of message that I can get through with this episode. So I mentioned in a previous episode, which was the lessons that I learned over 2021, that in 2021, an idea came to mind that is that everything right now is perfect. And I don't know where the hell this came from, but I woke up one morning and thought, everything right now is perfect. This is something I need to remind myself. And the more I thought about it, the more I toyed around with this idea, It held true and it was something that was helpful, but I felt like it was just a bit of a surface idea and there was more to it. And I didn't really know what the more was or how to get there. And actually in December, when I was reading the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, I know a lot of you have spoken about this book and some of you might have already read it. If you haven't, big recommendation. (laughs) Once again, I've already mentioned it, but I do really recommend the book. He speaks a lot about this idea, and by reading this book, it brought me a lot deeper into the topic. Before I dig into this topic in general, I just want to mention that I'm still a beginner in all of this concept. It's a concept very rooted in Buddhism, and it's something that 
I'm still, as I said, a completely beginner at. I'm just learning. I'm just scraping the surface. So I just want to put that out there. At the same time, being a beginner in this topic, at first I thought might mean that I'm not quite ready to speak about it. But now that I think about it, I think that, you know what, maybe the fact that I am a beginner in this topic and I'm just starting to learn about it, then maybe I'm able to frame it in a way that's more accessible than people who have been working through this topic and mastering it for years and years and years and are then maybe not able to reframe it in a way that is, I guess, accessible and speaks to all. So that's really my goal with this episode is to bring this whole concept kind of down to earth and make it extremely practical, applicable to your life as well. So you'll have to let me know at the end of the episode if this is something that I succeeded in, I hope so. (laughs) So the idea of this topic is really that all suffering lives in the mind. And the word suffering can sound very intense, but it's basically any hardship, any stress, any anxiety, any worry, anything that is making our life more challenging, more unpleasant than it perhaps needs to be. So all suffering is in the mind and is really rooted in the non-acceptance of what is. And I remember having heard that sentence several times. Any book or documentary that speaks about spiritual teachings will often mention this kind of phrase. And it never really struck a chord with me. It never really meant anything to me. I didn't really actually know what it meant. And the more I've dug into it, the more things have kind of come to light on this topic. And what is meant by this non-acceptance of what is, is really rooted in time. So when something is going on, there's something going on in your life situation, as Eckhart puts it, there's something going on in your life in any aspect that might be, what happens is that our mind is already projecting into the future of what might become. Not only that, but we're also comparing in our mind to the past of what was and comparing it to what right now might mean about the future. And that is an example of a non-acceptance of what is. And as I said, I'm going to go into some much more concrete examples in a bit, but I just want to touch on the more theoretical side to start off with. So it's really this idea that suffering is in the mind, It's a non-acceptance of what is, and it's rooted in time. And the solution to it is essentially found in the present. And this quote-unquote solution is also described in the third noble truth. So there are four noble truths which basically describe the essence of Buddha's teachings. And the third noble truth really suggests that the end of suffering is found in the end of clinging. The word clinging is used a lot. And we can think of the end of clinging as really this idea of releasing or relinquishing or acceptance. And once again, this is something I'd heard about several times before, but it always just sounded very vague, very theoretical, very abstract. And I would always think, I'm a very down-to-earth kind of person. This is just a bunch of words. It doesn't mean anything to me. And as I said, the more I've dug into this, the more I've been able to apply it in a practical way. So this is kind of the idea, right? To go back through that, suffering lives in the mind. It's the non-acceptance of what is. It's very rooted in time. And the solution is the end of clinging, which is releasing, relinquishing, acceptance, and ultimately the present moment. 
There's a quote by Eckhart Tolle as well that says, the whole essence of Zen consists in walking along the razor's edge of now. To be so utterly, so completely present that no problem, no suffering, nothing that is not who you are in your essence can survive in you. In the now, in the absence of time, all your problems dissolve. Suffering needs time. It cannot survive in the now. And this, of course, bases its root in meditation, right? This is something you hear a lot about with meditation is when you sit in meditation and you can be fully present, then it's just you and you, you know, regain control of your mind and you release any suffering or any struggles. And something that I always felt with meditation personally, and I know that many of you have as well, because this is the kind of feedback that I get from so many of you. And I've heard it with my clients and I've heard it with friends and people around me all the time is that, well, actually meditation just makes me more stressed because I sit there and I think about 30 million things that I have to do and I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just sat there feeling like I'm wasting time and it makes me more stressed. And I have been there myself and it's something that I am working on and has improved quite a lot, especially with the kind of lessons that I'll be speaking through with you today. But ultimately, it's something that many of us live, and I'm sure that many of you can resonate with this. What I think is really interesting with meditation is that we think that it's meditation that's making us more stressed because we're sat there and we have a million thoughts. Ultimately, it's not the meditation that's making us more stressed. It's the thoughts that are making us more stressed. And all the meditation is doing is the meditation is being the teacher that brings awareness to the thoughts going on in your head. Something I learned from Victoria Saporta, who is actually a previous client and is a meditation and yoga teacher on Instagram as Vivi the Yogi. She has an online course, which is 15 by 15 meditation, which I followed and I really enjoyed. I'll link it in the show notes below. But she mentions in that course, she speaks about how ultimately those thoughts are going on in your head anyways. They're already there. You're just not aware of them. You're just not fully conscious of the fact that those thoughts are there. And it's only when you bring yourself to being still that you actually notice the thoughts that are going on in your mind. So those thoughts are already there. The meditation is the teacher. And what's making you stressed, once again, is not the meditation, but it's actually those thoughts, which is why those thoughts are causing the stress. Therefore, suffering lives in the mind, which is one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning. And I've noticed this more and more with myself as well. So meditation is something that's actually coming easier to me. And I'm always practicing within meditation, reminding myself that there's nowhere else I need to be but here. And the rest will come in due time. And I'm able to let go of any of my thoughts and I can always come back to them later. And that's completely okay. And that's something that's getting easier with practice. However, I'm becoming increasingly aware of the chatter in my mind when I'm doing other things. So I'll be in the shower and realize that I'm going through in my head all the things I need to do later. Or, or I'm walking somewhere and I realize I'm reliving a conversation that I had yesterday and reformulating a new reply or thinking about I don't know what. And so ultimately this idea that suffering lives in the mind is the disconnection between where your mind is living versus where your body's living. So your body is living in the present moment, but your mind is running around in the past, in the future, creating all of these stories and these scenarios that are not rooted in the present. 
So I mentioned this idea of the third noble truth, which is the end of clinging, right? This releasing, this relinquishing, this finding perfection in the present, and ultimately how we can release suffering when we do find place in the present. And I really struggled in the past to find ways to apply this in my everyday life, because I would think to myself, well, that's not true that there's no suffering in the present. Because maybe, you know what, I'm going through a really hard time and I'm really struggling and that's right now and that's in the present and it's hard, therefore I'm suffering in the present. So this makes no sense. But the way that Eckhart puts it in the book, which I find really helpful, is this idea that, well, what is wrong right now? Right this instant. Maybe you're out for a walk while you're listening to this. Maybe you're in your car, maybe you're sitting in the train, maybe you're commuting somewhere, maybe you're doing the dishes, maybe you're cooking, maybe you're cleaning, I have no idea what you're doing, but right now, is everything okay? Not in 10 minutes, not in an hour, not in a week, not in a year, right now. And the more I've played around with this concept, the more I've been able to actually concretely apply it into my life. So I'll start by giving some really concrete examples. Last week, I really wanted to go to bed very early. I was really looking forward to getting into bed at 8.30 and reading my book for about 30 minutes until 9, then switching off the lights and cozily drifting off to sleep and having a really big, nice sleep. Really looking forward to it, planned my day accordingly. By 8.30, teeth brushed, in pajamas, ready to go, I was in bed, and I turn on my Kindle, and as I turn on my Kindle, it says restarting. So my Kindle all of a sudden is restarting, and I can see that there's a bar that's progressing 1%, 2%, 3%, and I understood very quickly that this was going to take a long time. Finally, it gets to 100%. I'm a little bit irritated after a few minutes. But okay, it gets to 100%. And all of a sudden, my Kindle says, must connect to internet in order to restart. So at this point, I was obviously already in bed. My phone was on airplane mode in the living room. So after half and a puff, I go get my phone. I turn the hotspot on. I share with my Kindle. And once again, it starts restarting back at 1%. After a few seconds, 2%. It was taking ages and I kept having to switch things on and off and download and reload and whatnot. This took about 40 minutes. And I was incredibly irritated because I had this whole vision in my head of my perfectly calm evening, which was now spent fiddling with my phone, fiddling with my Kindle, trying to get things to work and getting frustrated at the fact that Kindle is supposed to make my life easier by not having lots of bulky books when I'm living off only a few suitcases of belongings, but ultimately, wasn't making my life easier in that moment. So in that instance, I actually caught myself and I realized that I was getting irritated, that I was getting frustrated, and I gave myself a light smile and I reminded myself that there is perfection in the present. And in that moment, the truth was, I was comfortably snug in bed under the duvet, I was in my pajamas, everything was fine, but I was irritated. And that irritation was not coming from the present moment because in that moment, everything was okay. 
that irritation came from what was going on in my mind. The irritation came from resistance to what was going on, not accepting what was going on, not saying, all right, my Kindle's restarting, but instead saying, Ugh, my Kindle is restarting. And this isn't what I had in mind. This is not what I had expected. This is not what I had planned. I'm going to go to bed later than I would want. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to be tired, right? So it's a comparison between the past, a focus on the future, and my mind going in loops, resisting what is. In that exact moment, everything was fine. Another example would be in November, December, I've mentioned this a few times of last year, so 2021, I found myself in a really uncomfortable phase where all of a sudden I was re-questioning a lot of the things that I was doing. I was feeling incredibly tired, incredibly uninspired. I was feeling like my tank was completely empty and I didn't really know what I needed to do, what I needed to change or how I could move forward. And in that moment, the reality was that everything was fine. I had everything that I needed. I was actually taking a lot more time off. So in the middle of the day, if I didn't have a client, I would go sit by the pool and read my book, or I'd go sit in a cafe and read my book, or I would go for a walk in the park. And you can imagine that in those instances, going for a walk in the park on a sunny blue sky day in the middle of the afternoon on a Monday, that's great. There's nothing wrong, but it was hard and I was suffering in that moment and I was really struggling and I was stressed and I was worried, but I was worried because I was thinking, what am I going to do? What is the future going to hold? What is the solution here? I don't know how to solve this. I don't know how I'm going to move forward. And ultimately I don't really even know what's wrong. So it was first of all, a resistance to what, what was, that I was tired, right? A resistance to the present. But ultimately, I was living in my head and I was living in the future and I was living in worry, not because of where I was, not because my walk in the park was dangerous, but because my mind was living in another point in time, projecting into a future that did not exist and ultimately would not exist because in the future things were completely different. And so you might think, okay, well, what about pain? What if I'm in pain right now, right? Because that's completely different because that is in the now. It's not a future projection in my mind. It's something that I'm feeling in this precise present moment instant. And the difference between pain and suffering is pain is the physical feeling that we feel and suffering is the mental aspect, is the meaning we bring behind it, is the thoughts that result as a consequence. And through cold water therapy, actually, and the recent ice bath workshops I've done, I've learned that actually that aspect of releasing and relinquishing and the end of clinging to some extent that solution holds true. You can be in an ice bath and you can be cringing your face and resisting as much as you can and hearing the screams and the shouts of your body saying, get out, get out, get out. Or you can release and let go 
and sit in it and tell your body it's okay. And that is a completely different experience. And the pain is still there. You're still sat in ice and it's freezing. But that is just pain. It's no longer suffering. And it's not the same thing. So I will say that there is benefit to that suffering to some extent because some kinds of suffering can drive us to make change. So in reality, the deep uncomfort that I was feeling through November and December personally, and especially within my work life, really drove me to make some changes and drove me to make changes in January in the new year, especially when I realized that what I was missing the most was human interaction. I also realized thanks to this suffering, this resistance to what was, this worry and stress that I was feeling, I actually created the change that I needed to. So I was also reading simultaneously a book called The Big Leap, which I spoke about in last week's podcast, all about discovering your zone of genius. And I actually discovered that my personal zone of genius, or at least realized that my personal zone of genius lies in the creation, organization, and hosting of events and retreats. It's what I love the most. It's where I am the best version of myself. It's where I thrive. It's where I forget about time. And it's where I get completely lost in what I'm doing. And although over the past two years I've been able to host a lot online, I realized that I was really craving that true human in-person interaction. And therefore, in January and now the beginning of February, I've really made an effort to meet as many people as I can. And I'm finding myself now getting back into hosting events and working on workshops and collaborating with people. And I'm feeling that inspiration come back to me. And that is also thanks to that suffering and that feeling of discontentment that allowed me to then say, okay, something needs to change here. What am I going to do? And since I didn't know where to start by making a change, I started by changing something, anything. And I speak about this as well in a previous podcast episode, which I will link below as well. All this to say that suffering can drive us to get out of a bad relationship. It can drive us to seek support if we need it. This is why a lot of my clients come to see me because they've obviously reached a peak of frustration or stress or doubt or uncertainty or something that has basically caused them a negative emotion and has driven them to seek the support that they need. And that can be incredibly positive. But I think that once again, it comes down to knowing what is your natural tendency. So of course we can think of living fully in the present and accepting the present moment as it is all the time and feeling ourselves in full contentment and sit and meditate for 15 hours a day and ultimately that maybe doesn't sit with the current reality we live and our modern world. However, the question we need to ask ourselves is really do we spend more time thinking, worrying, stressing, suffering than we do sitting and enjoying the present? I'm going to go ahead and say that most probably yes. Definitely for most of us, it would be a yes. And do you feel like you suffer maybe more than what's necessary? Do you feel like you spend a lot of your time worrying about a future that never actually happens or thinking through something that ultimately is not as bad as you thought it would end up being? If the answer to both of those questions is yes, then I really, really encourage you 
to take up my mantra of the year and to remind yourself as often as possible that there is nothing but perfection in the present. I really hope that this podcast episode was interesting. I hope that it brought a little bit more clarity to this whole idea, this whole notion, maybe brought it down to earth and showed you how we can actually practically apply this. So I really would love to hear what is your feedback? What are your thoughts? Are there any times this week where you find yourself or catch yourself living in a moment of frustration or fear or worry or anxiety and in that moment are you able to bring yourself back to the present remind yourself that everything right now is okay take a deep breath enjoy it notice and seek the perfection in the present and hopefully that's a tool you'll find as helpful and as insightful as i did I want to take a quick moment just to thank you guys so much for all of your support on this podcast. Every single time you send me a message after listening or you tag me on your stories or you share this with somebody, it really makes a huge difference. So thank you. And if you have 15 seconds to hop over on Apple podcast and rate this podcast with five stars and maybe even just write a few words as a review, it would literally mean the world to me and it would only take 15 seconds of your time so i would appreciate it more than you realize thank you guys so much and i will see you next week for a brand new episode